Welcome to the Life Untapped podcast, where we help you rediscover your potential so that you feel confident, clear, and independent. Have you inadvertently put yourself last all these years by putting others first, only to wake up in your midlife and find yourself lost in the shuffle? Girl, I have so been there. Let me share with you the lessons I've learned to create a new direction to rediscover yourself. Together, let's go on a journey of mastering your potential, tapping into the power that already exists inside of you. We'll talk confidence, self-care, organization, health and well-being, money mindsets, financial hacks, and how to kick your limiting beliefs to the curb for good. We will find and establish your vision, get crystal clear on it. This is your blueprint your life untapped. I'm your host, Francine Rivera, lifestyle consultant and certified health coach. I'm also the founder of the Life Untapped Coaching System, where you can earn as you learn with our affiliate program. Check it out at thelifeuntapped.com and grab our free mini course, The Guilt-Free Balanced Life, while you are there. Are you ready for your blueprint? Let's dig in. Welcome back to the show. I have Linda Pakiter with us today. She was born and raised in South Africa and having worked and lived in 44 countries, Linda is a wife, mother, and entrepreneur with over 30 years experience in the global marketplace. Linda credits her corporate background with teaching her a spirit of excellence, and she cites her role on the late great Nelson Mandela's PR and communication team in KwaZulu-Natal as one of her major career highlights. Her last 20 years as an entrepreneur in the communication and negotiation arena have developed a strong sense of passion and commitment towards her clients and partners. As a style coach, Linda gives all the glory to her creator for healing her from a lifetime of self-hate and brokenness and leading her to step into the fullness of her identity and beauty as a daughter. It is her personal story that underpins her I Love My Body campaign, which has women of all ages and sizes across the globe, learning to love the skin they're in. Her mission to empower and equip women to get up, dress up, and be a bold light on the hill has women rising up to live the life they were designed to live and successfully impacting their money, their marriage, and their mindset through the power of personal style. By teaching her clients how to simplify, systemize, and scale their closets, she transfers life-changing knowledge and tools that prove that style is just a skill. When she's not building her business or traveling with her family, she is ticking off bucket list items from adventure sports to eating, drinking, and shopping around the world. She passionately pursues change and growth and believes that we have everything we need to live the rest of our life as the best of our life. Welcome, Linda. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Francine. That was a very generous introduction. Thank you. First of all, you're in South Africa now, so I'm grateful for you for making the time with the, with the difference in time zones to <laughs> come on the show and share your message. So I appreciate that. Oh, Likewise, Francine. Honestly, I, it's an honor to do any interview and to get to chat with any like-minded women like you. I love what you're doing. I'm a huge fan and an advocate of Women just, as you said, getting up, dressing up, and being a bold lad on a hill, which is what you're doing, and um, it's it's an honor. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So tell us how you first got interested in, in fashion and style. Okay, well, I guess not the not the regular route, right? I was um, I was about nine or ten years old. I always tell my clients, you know, nobody is born a fashionista. Nobody is born 
a designer or a sportsman or a, you know, I didn't come out of the womb clicking my Louboutin heels exactly. <laughs> and which is why I love that style is just a skill. It means that it's accessible to any women on the planet. I must have been about nine or 10 years old and I lived in a teeny tiny one horse town in a very rural Midlands part of South Africa. And I grew up in lots of different places, but this particular place I have to tell you was not pretty. It was um, Africa is hot, right? So it was like brown grass, brown sand. And our school uniform was old gold and brown. I don't know who came up with that, but she obviously <laughs> must've been having a sad day because <laughs> everything around me was just brown and dull and life as a child, you know, everyone's got a story and I had quite a, a rough childhood. I grew up in many different homes. There was a lot of abuse. And so by the age of 10, my understanding of life was not a good one. It was a very dark experience. And there was a day that I was on the playground at school and a teacher by the name of Miss McBean walked in onto the playground, smiling a smile I'd never seen before, red lipstick that I had never laid eyes on before. And she was dressed in a way in colors and in heels that I had never seen before. And she was just such a vision, Francine, in, in my day-to-day -day things that I had seen in my little 10 years, how she carried herself and how she smiled and what she wore every single day after that was colorful, it was beautiful, it was different, it was playful. And I just, I called her my hope in heels. She represented to me a, a world that existed outside of my world, a world that was light and bright and bold and confident and beautiful, as opposed to the world that I was experiencing. And so this encounter with Miss McBean for the next few years in that primary school that I was in became a real turning point for me. I, I believe that's when God really just planted the seed, you know, my passion for fashion at that age. That I mean, we, we were not, you know, by the time I graduated high school, there was no option for me to go on to college or university. That just wasn't an option. At 17, I had you know, no home, no job, no car, no money. And so I went off into the world and I had one skill. Between the age of 10 and 17, I had started studying and observing people who I thought were successful and they all had a few things in common. And one of them was that they dressed well, whether they were wearing, you know, a dress and heels or suited and booted, or whether they were casually dressed, but just smart in a blazer and jeans. It was one skill that I identified that really communicated for, in my eyes that they were successful and confident and the kind of people that I wanted to be around and be like. And so by the time I was 17, I had really taught myself how to copy them. And from the age of 17 onwards, I just continued with that. And, you know, I was often the youngest and the least educated in any work environment. And it was very, very often that my, it was my personal style that got me invited for interviews and selected and recruited and promoted. And when I asked for feedback, you know, I was often up against really qualified candidates who had far more experience than me. They had degrees. And the feedback I often got was, you look the part. You look like a good ambassador for our brand and you are a good client-facing ambassador for our company. And so we'll teach you what you need to know, but you look the part. And that's a really powerful thing, you know, so I've carried that from the age of 17. Wow. Okay. So 30 something years now, and it has always been a power tool in my life, wherever I've gone. You mentioned 
you look the brand. So we are our own personal brand, how we present ourselves to the world. So I love that. I love that. Yes. So would you mind explaining, when I introduced you, you mentioned how you were broken and you had self-hate and how our creator has redeemed you of that. And I think so many of us experience and can relate to those feelings, but would probably never admit it. So if you can maybe speak to that to make others feel they're not alone. Oh, of course. Absolutely. This is why I do what I do, Francine. It's, um, you know, I believe that everyone who raises us, whether it's our biological parents or other people or foster parents, or I believe everyone does the best they can with what they have. You know, when abused people raise kids, they tend to just pass on that abuse. And so I was raised by many different people in you know, seven or eight different homes, and some was family, some was not, some were parents. Uh, my, my parents were divorced at a very young age, and I had multiple stepfathers and other people who looked after me from time to time over the years between the age of four and 12. And so that was a very abusive time. And uh, between 12 and 17, I was with my the last stepfather, and it wasn't much better. So I was raised by very angry, abused people who, you know, just didn't have the skill to understand how to grieve and heal from their own hurts. And so they just passed that down. You know, hurt people, hurt people. We've heard that saying. So I was raised under, um, there was a lot of, you know, alcoholism and uh, physical and sexual abuse. There was emotional abuse. One of the people who raised me, I just told my husband this yesterday, actually, I'd never told him. And one of the women in my family who raised me, told me that I was born on a Wednesday. And you know, there's a saying that Wednesday's child is full of woe. And so all I remember for years was being told, you're a Wednesday child and Wednesday's child is full of woe. It's a very British suspicious nonsense saying. So I was raised for years thinking, well, what's the point of life? I'm doomed. I mean, no wonder bad things keep happening to me. I'm just that marked, targeted, terrible child. And, you know, as children, we try and do what we can do to be good and and not to get in trouble. And we think it's all our fault. And then when bad things happen to us, we think, oh, well, this is my lot in life because that's how I was trained. Traveling the world is not for me. It's for other people. Being wealthy is not for us. It's for rich people. And it was just this dismal, negative, terrible mindset that I grew up under. But I had Miss McBean, right? Mm -hmm. I had her in the back of my mind. And I had also encountered something profound when I was eight years old, Francine. I, one of the times we were actually taken in, my mom and my sisters and I by the church, and, and thank God for that church at that time, because they took us in a couple of times, and that's where I discovered church, and that's where I met God, and I literally one day saw an actual physical uh, healing. I saw a woman who had been hobbling with a shorter leg for years and years. Her name was Auntie Margie. She lived in our small town. And um, I jumped up on a table. There was this big evangelical event going on. The whole town went to the, to the hall and I couldn't see. So I got onto a table at the back and I saw this man very calmly and gently just pray over her on stage. And I literally saw her leg grow. So to me, that was normal. I thought, okay, well, that's God and, and miracles are normal. So I think I was very blessed to have witnessed that as a young child. So I always knew regardless of what was going on and who was raising me and what they were doing and what they were speaking over me, I knew that there was another way. I had a belief and a hope that God planted in my heart that I, I don't know how, boy, did it take me a long time to figure out how. 
But I guess fast forward many, many years, I was um, about 27 when I first met my biological father, and I was 28 when I started physical um, psychotherapy, just going for help and just saying, okay, we literally had to open up a Pandora's box of evil to get through a lot of abuse, a lot of just unnatural thoughts and mindset. And of course, this is not easy, right? I mean, every woman, every person has a story. And Mm -hmm. I don't believe you can pay one person's pain to another. We all handle and respond to pain and trauma in a different way. But I can tell you this, if anyone is prepared to invest three, we have to invest three things to overcome serious trauma. We have to invest time, money, and effort. Effort is is where the hard work comes in. And that's where a lot of people are not prepared to go because to face that pain again and to get through it is extremely painful. But I can tell you this, Francine, every single thing that I have faced in my life, all the demons, all the abuse, all the hurts, all the marks on my body and on my heart, the freedom on the other side, I'm going to get all choked up now. The freedom on the other side of that is incomparable to the pain that we go through because God really is a a restorer. He really is a healer. And I probably wouldn't be around if it weren't for him, you know? And um, I have all my life, I heard because I was raised by different people, I would have someone, I don't say to someone, oh, is that your daughter? She's so cute. And they would say, she's not my daughter. And then I would hear someone else say, she's not my daughter. So my whole life I heard, she's not my daughter. So I grew up with like the worst identity crisis thinking, I'm not lovable. I know I'm not likable. I've been told this. I don't fit in anywhere. I am growing up in from pillar to post in different homes. Clearly, no one wants me. So where do I belong? And I have spent many years on my knees, crying out to God, doing the work, investing the money and the time, getting the coaching. And I am so grateful to have come to a place. It's not... No, there is no perfection in terms of the destination, but I am a healed and whole, bold, beautiful, confident woman, which is why I do what I do. And I have one tattoo on my arm and it says daughter. I love it. I love it. I, I've loved your story. Like I've heard bits and pieces, but I don't think I've heard it to that full extent. And I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm amazed. I love it. I love that you did the hard work because like you said, time money and effort. And most people will throw time and money, but they will not do the effort part. And that's that's where the freedom is on the other side of effort. Oh my gosh, you're hundred percent right. That effort, that hard work, we have to push through that. And you know, we like to quote scripture, right? Like I have a spirit of power and self-control and, you know, I am loved and I am the daughter Mm -hmm. of the King. And, but really, if we start applying that, if I really do have a spirit of power and my words bring life or death, And we start practically applying that, that is where, as you say, the change comes in and that is where the freedom lies. And we have to be prepared to do the hard work. We have to be prepared to look like a fool. A lot of people Mm -hmm. have a fear of man and what are people going to think? And, you know, what is my family going to say? And I get that. I understand that. But I have a saying, every day is Tuesday Mm -hmm. and I get to choose. Am I going to live with this brokenness and this pain and this regret, this disappointment, this this shame and this guilt. Anyone who's been through sexual abuse knows that there is shame and guilt. You have to work through with that. And, or am I going to 
trust my God? Am I going to fully step up and step out? Because we've got to take the first step. And then he says, I am here. I will lead you the whole way. I am your rock and your tower. Mm -hmm. And his word, his words are true and he is trustworthy and his promises are everlasting and unchanging. And so when we do that work, oh my gosh, there is freedom to be experienced in every part of our lives. Yes, absolutely. You have the term Tuesday. And I started using that with my granddaughter and she got a kick out of it first. She's like, it's not Tuesday. And I'm like, no, not Tuesday, Tuesday. And I explained it to her. So I I just want to credit you for that because I got that from you and I'm using it with her now. (laughs) So I love love that. And you just go ahead and use it and share it and get it out there because the power of choice is something that I think that if we really grasped that, I think that we would, you know, we are the only species on the planet that actually can create our own future. We get to write our own story. I mean, if I decided I want to become a drummer, I can learn anything, any skill on the planet, and I can change my whole future. And that is the choice that God has given us. And he says, I put before you life and death, choose life, you know, and what does that Mm -hmm. look like to you? And I love that you're doing it with your granddaughter. It's so powerful. I've raised both of my kids and my little girl is seven. And she will sometimes say to me, mom, it's Tuesday. What are you going to choose? <laughs> so oh, I love it. It's a powerful and playful, wonderful yes. thing to teach them. Yes. So we've been talking confidence lately on the show. So can you explain how dressing well can boost one's confidence? And if you are that shy, or I don't like to use shy, but like that reserved woman who always plays small, who just likes to fade in the background and not call attention to yourself, like what should that woman do? So how does dressing well help your confidence? And then what do you do if you are used to playing small and you want to hide? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, first of all, to that beautiful, humble, shy woman, I want to say that shy is a lie. Shy. um, Actually, I do a lot of word study as well within my business. And because, you know, words carry so much meaning and oftentimes words change in meaning, you know, through our modern day urban dictionaries and all kinds of things. Even the Oxford Dictionary is not what it used to be. And from ancient English times, right from the 13th, 14th century, I do some word studies on things like confidence and shy and uh, deserving. Now, women who are shy and who don't want to draw attention to themselves and who don't like the spotlight have bought into the lie that they're shy because shy is is covering and it is holding back and it is hiding. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some very legitimate reasons why they may feel that way. I always go to what was the original design of that woman? Her original design and my original design was that she was designed to shine, that she was designed to be a bold light on the hill. It doesn't mean that she has to be outspoken and loud and in your face. You can be a beautiful, humble, gentle, servant-hearted woman and still shine and draw people in through your light. That is what that's about. And so the first thing I would say is we need to break free from the lie that we are shy. If that is whoever is listening, if you feel like that is you, then it's always about going back to our roots, right? And, And our design and ask God to show you how he made you. What personality traits did he give you versus that which you were raised on. So it's, it's nature versus nurture, right? Mm-hmm. That's the conversation we need to have with God. I had that conversation with him many times. Show me how you made me versus how people raised me, how they, you know, because the opposite is also true. You get 
bold, driven, ambitious women out there who were told their whole lives, shut up, sit down, be quiet. Don't always put your hand up. You're too much. You're too aggressive. Your personality is too powerful. And that also is a lie because it's just a different kind of personality. And so yes, there's an opportunity and there's a challenge in garments as well. The, The challenge is that we don't fake it till we make it. I did that for so many years. Oh my gosh. Being the broken woman that I was on the inside, I am a bold, driven, ambitious, outspoken woman. And so what I had to do was being well-dressed on the outside looked all well and good, but it was not a reflection of my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And so I always felt this disconnect, Francine, between my inside and my outside. It was very unsettling. And I knew that I was faking it till I made it. And it's a very stressful way to live, by the way. I do not advise it. It's what made me go gray at the age of 27. I'm not kidding. 27 was when I went pure white. And it's not how we designed. However, if you are in that place where you are lacking confidence and you're lacking just a self-assuredness of dressing well and stepping out out there and, and going to do your thing in the world, then there is powerful purpose behind garments. And this is where the opportunity comes in. I study fashion from the scriptures and I believe that there is purpose behind garments. There are uh, clothing analogies all over the scriptures for a reason. There are practical applications, instructions, and directions all over the scriptures for the reason. And when we understand what the purpose is behind garments and how to apply that in a beautiful, bold, modest, humble way, then it is a beautiful vehicle. I always talk about the Ferrari in your closet. The gift of clothing is not just there to enclose us, to keep us from being naked, to keep us cool, or to keep us warm. It is, as I believe, it is God's reminder. We have to go and get dressed every single day, right? How come he designed life that we have to do this thing once, twice, thrice, sometimes four times a day? We have to go and put clothing on. There's a reason for that. And so I help my clients and and friends and, and obviously family to, when you go to that place, then that is a very special time that you can decide, okay, I'm going to be intentional. Where am I going today? Right. I'm a homeschooling mom. I've got the kids. I'm going to the playground. And then we have, I don't know, a museum outing this afternoon. That is a very powerful day that you have in front of you. So rather than just putting on your old college t-shirt and and those old jeans or those yoga pants, you might put on a nice t-shirt, you know, a blazer or a cute little jacket, some jeans, because I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl, and a cute hot pink pair of tennis shoes and, uh, you know, put your hair up in a ponytail or do it nicely, do some light makeup, wear an interesting pair of earrings, that alone is going to do two things. It's going to position you with energy and with confidence to have a productive, organized day because we are designed for that. We are designed for order. We are designed for productivity. And if we're going to put our hands to what we put our hands to, we want them to be blessed and to be productive, then that includes what we do because he says, the scriptures say, do all things as unto him. It doesn't say, by the way, accept how you dress, do all no, things right. as unto him. And then secondly, when we get out there, we're on the playground or we're at that museum, you catch someone's eye when you have something colorful on or you're wearing something interesting. And that is a moment of power. When you catch someone's eye, you catch the opportunity to connect and to edify because fashion is an eye catcher and a conversation starter and a powerful relationship builder. So my ultimate advice, and this is what we do on a daily basis in our coaching program, is you have to do the inside work first. 
Your spirit of beauty is an inside job, but it must show up on the outside. There has to be a connection between the inside and the outside. So once we become committed to going back to the pain, doing the grieving and the healing of the inside of our beauty that has been damaged and restoring that, you will find that getting up and dressing up becomes not just an easier thing to do, but you start having fun with fashion. And then you start feeling and looking every inch the beautiful, bold women that you created to be. Yes, absolutely. And um, I should have mentioned earlier how I met Linda was at a event that we um, were going to, a personal development event from a mentor of ours. And I, Linda, I don't even know if you know this, I was drawn to you by the way you dressed. I noticed you in the crowd. I think we were both, you know, you always sat in the VP section and I was in the VP section as too, because, you know, if you're going to go to an event, you just do it right. right. <laughs> and we're sitting up front and I, out of all the people, I would always notice Linda. And these events would be like every six weeks or so. And I would, I always knew who Linda was. She didn't know who I was. And I think one day I finally got up the nerve to like go up to you and introduce myself and say, you know, how well you were dressed and blah, blah, blah. So that's how we met. And it was her fashion that made us connect. And look at that. Oh, Francine, that blesses me. And I just want to say thank you. And I received that because, you know, I never set out to go and be, I mean, listen, I'm just going to be straight up. I love to walk into a room because I love fashion so much. I have no problem walking to a room and turning heads and, and feeling respect and admiration for the effort that I've made. I feel, I feel beautiful and I feel strong and I feel ready for the day ahead, right? Like you and I attending those conferences, those conferences are challenging, man. Mm. They're like, we've cried together, right? We, <laughs> yes. People who do that personal development and that business coaching, there are tears and there are years of, of layers that have got to come out. And that's, you know, women like you and I do that hard work, just like many other women out there. But I don't go in to be the the shiznes, you know, or the bees knees in the room. I go in prepared and clothed and ready for my day. And over the years, I started realizing that. So in the beginning, when I wasn't confident and grounded in my identity, I was uncomfortable with the attention. And even as bold as I am, I was like, what do I do with all this attention? Eyes are on me. And not all of the eyes are friendly either. You know, right. <laughs> when women sometimes dress up, sometimes we can unintentionally invite the hurt in another woman's heart. And if you're listening to this and if you catch this, and if you're someone who gets negative or envious feedback, there are ways to handle those moments of power that can break down those barriers and build beautiful relationships between women. But that blesses me, Francine, because that's part of the thing I teach is when you catch someone's eye, like I did yours, look at us now. Now we're doing life together. Now I get to know you. Now I get to meet people through you. And all through just how I dressed. I think it's yeah. incredible. And that is the gift of fashion because when we dress to connect, well, I mean, all kinds of doors open. And I am a client of Linda's. I am in her coaching program, which is well, well worth it. Uh, Mind-blowing content, but I'm grateful and, and blessed to be in there. But you mentioned too that women can often be the ones who put down other women, especially like if you dress well, you get those like snickering remarks, like we've all heard, what does she think she's going to? What is she all dressed up for? So there's a lot of hurt out there and, and judgment, which I know, you know, especially in the church and you're not, you know, which of course goes against all things scriptural, but especially when you get dressed up and you go to church, you see people kind of like looking at the one who's yep. all done up with hair and makeup and 
Yeah, so it's a difficult terrain sometimes. It is, and you're so right. And, you know, church actually is, uh, when I was living in London in the UK for many years, God led us to attending this one particular church. And um, after six months, I said to my husband, I'm out of here, man. Like, I'm getting such evil eyes for the way I dress. I'm getting comments. I'm getting nasty remarks. And I just, I don't want to be here. And God sent me back. And we were back there for 11 years. That was a powerful training ground for me. I was surrounded by good godly women who were all doing their best. But let me tell you something, the broken hearts in that environment, really, you, you can become a punching bag. So I, I love heels, right? I love dressing up. I put a blazer on, some skinny jeans, my heels, my favorite studded bag, you know, red lipstick and some cute earrings. And that's just how I dress. And when I used to walk in the front door in church on a Sunday, Francine, I would get comments like, uh-oh, you know, here comes Linda making us look bad again. Come on, girls, let's go get some coffee. Or I would hear comments like, Linda, nobody looks that good at 10 o'clock in the morning. You clearly have too much time on your hands. And, you know, Linda, this is not a fashion show. This is church. So would you please just, you know, tone it down. Hi. And these are hurtful comments. Yes. But God kept me in this place. And I'm telling you, I cried rivers. I'm telling you, Francine, there were years where two, a two-year period where I had to Oh, I'm getting choked up on, on talking to you today. I had to muster every ounce of strength to go into that church every Sunday morning and sometimes on a Tuesday for home, for home connect groups. And I used to ask God, please strengthen me. Strengthen me and give me a thicker skin against these women who are speaking horrible words to me, to my face and behind my back. And he kept me there. And one day, a friend of mine, Nicola, she said, come home for coffee. I want to see you in the week. Um, come to my house. I want to catch up. And I got there and we had some coffee. And she said to me, what's going on? Amazing woman. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I have seen you the last year just quieten down, dress down, and, and just put your head down. And that's not you. And then I just opened up. I started crying. And I said to her, I'm just done. I'm so done with the comments and the envy. And, and, and here's what I said to her. I said, Nick, I don't dress up to dress anyone down. I just dress up because God gave me a passion for fashion and I would love to go shopping or have fun with fashion with those girls. But, um, and she said there, okay, that is what you need to say to them. That those words that you just said to me, next time they, the comments come your way, that's what you need to say. So true as nuts, that became my one-liner. The next Sunday I went to church dressed up as I normally am. And, you know, true's Bob, there came the, the, there were three women sitting on the couch and they made the same comments. Uh-oh, here's Linda. It's a fashion show, girls. It's not church today. And then I just smiled and I, and I just felt God's comfort and presence with me. And I said, hey, guys, you know what? I don't dress up to dress anyone down. I just dress up because God gave me a passion for fashion and, um, and I love dressing up. And if ever you want to get together and have a fun day or go shopping or do something fun with it, I would love that. And then... That was a turning point, Francine. That was, I give that script and a few other scripts to my clients and my friends. And I actually even had one of the women come to me a couple of days later. She came over and visited me and she was in tears. She was actually one of the elders. And she confessed and she said to me, I have been slandering your name and gossiping about you for, I don't know what it was, three years, two and a half years because of how you dress, because you pulled me up to a standard that I wasn't ready for. And she asked for forgiveness and we became very, very good friends. And so 
this once again is the power of personal style because our spirit of beauty has been under attack for a long time from the beginning of the time of man our spirit of beauty has been under attack i am not a feminist i am not one of those people i mean feminism that started out as a good thing is not what it used to be it is a very exactly. different thing today mm -hmm. i don't think that we have to come against anything or anyone to build ourselves up and be who we are i believe that when we understand our identity between ourselves and our father the creator then when we get up, dress up, we look up, we lift up, we position ourselves to, to live our best life and to help others to do the same. Yes. And it was funny, through your coaching program, I recalled a memory from years ago, like early 90s, late, late 80s, actually late 80s, where I used to work in Manhattan, New York City. And I was single and making a lot of money working in Manhattan. And I would dress up and I would have these really designer suits and we were on a work trip once and I was rooming with some girl and I remember coming out of the bathroom dressed for bed and just like sweatpants and a t-shirt and she looked up and she said wow I thought you would be in a peignoir set and for those I'm probably dating myself peignoir sets was those really fancy silky kind of nightgowns with the yeah. silky robe on top and I was like why and she's like well because I always thought you were just stuck up and I'm like what and I realized after talking to her because I was more I was always the quiet person I was always more of a listener and how ironic now I have a podcast <laughs> I was <laughs> never the talker back then and dressing well and not talking much equals in other people's eyes that I was a snob or stuck up. Yes. And ever since that time, I remember dressing down a little bit so people wouldn't think of me in that way. And I didn't recall that memory for the longest time until I was going through your, your coaching program. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you said that because that is uh, a very common challenge out there. Other women like you, Francine, bold, beautiful, well-dressed women who just have that sense of style, who've made that effort, who've learned those skills, right? There are too many women out there dressing down and holding back because they're just tired, like I once was years ago. They're just tired of the negativity. They're tired of the, the backlash. They're tired of the resistance. And this is what I will say to them is just like the woman who, who believes that she is shy. You know, if you are that bold, well-dressed woman, do not shrink back you are going to be miserable. That goes against your divine design. There is a way to be bold and beautiful and have eyes on you. You have to learn to smile, boy. That is something that I trained myself because, you know, when you have a strong personality, you sometimes can have a rather intense mm -hmm. look about you as well. And it can come across as intimidating. Yes. Women who are boldly dressed need to just accept the fact that they can come across as intimidating. And once you understand that, and you don't want to be there. There's some women out there who like that. And, you know, that's unfortunate. And that's just, that's just going to disconnect them from the people around them. We are not designed to intimidate or be intimidated. So as a bold and beautifully dressed woman, you need to know that you need to soften your face and smile at every opportunity. And even when you're speaking, teach yourself to smile and relax your posture. Posture is very much part of your style. And style is not restricted to what you wear, it is a mindset. So a woman of substance, a woman of strength, a woman of style is going to be on the lookout for connections, on the lookout to building others up, on the lookout 
for an opportunity to compliment someone. And when you are well-dressed and well-presented and you compliment another woman on what she's wearing or, or how she looks, that is very, very powerful. And so I've had, like you probably, Francine, I've had many women come to me at that same business seminar that you and I met at, come to me and say, Linda, I need to ask your forgiveness. I'm like, oh, why? <sighs> they would say for two years, um, I've been noticing you and I just I judged you because I don't know how to dress like that. I want to dress like that. You seem like you've got it all together. And I just decided that you were, a, like my coach says, a witch with a capital B. <laughs> and and you can be labeled like that because you are boldly dressed, you look confident, and you, you're not bowing to the fear of man and man's opinion of you. You're just getting out there and you're committed to your mission, whatever that is in life. We have to stop and look around us. And we have to look for the people who are, who are shrinking back from our bold shadow. That's so important. And when we do that, oh man, I can tell you, the women that I connect with most are the women, I mean a lot, are the women who have come to me and said, man, I had this judgment against you and I just I don't want to carry it anymore. And we've hugged and we've had amazing conversations and we are friends years and years later. But bold women need to understand that that is a gift from God, that that didn't just come to you and not to somebody else by your own doing. We are bold with that extra dose of confidence because that is the, the gift that he gave us in our design. And so we've got to say, what is the purpose behind that boldness? It's to go and reach out and look for the women who don't have that boldness and bring them into the light. Okay, we are going to stop right there for now. All I can say is, wow, that was so good. So, so good. We went deep and I just cannot wait to have Linda back next week for part two. Mark your calendars. We are not done with this conversation. We will continue next week. Thanks so much for listening. But before you go, if you found value in today's show, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it with others on social media. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to rate and leave a review. It is how we can empower, educate, and shift how others visualize their lives. Until next time, my friend, remember to live a life untapped. You are worth it. Thank you.